Hey man, this week's episode is like brought to you by the SCPS. You don't trust the government to like, you know, keep you safe or like make laws that protect your freedom. So why should you trust those greedy fat cats to deliver your mail? You shouldn't. The SCPS, or Sustainable Courier Pigeon Service, is the new sustainable, responsible, and awesome way to send your communicado. Our goal is to provide every free-thinking American person with their own personal courier pigeon. A lot of people think pigeons are just rats with wings, but like that's totally unfair. And according to Wikipedia, they're like super smart. Plus, they used them in like the Vietnam War or like World War One or something. So we know they can be trained to do this kind of work. Now, for just 12 easy payments of $200 per month, you can get your own fully trained courier pigeon that won't pollute the air like those mail trucks, those planes, and the unreliable robots Uncle Sam uses to deliver your precious messages. We're currently working on grant applications to get government subsidy to like you know, help bring down the cost. But can you really put a price on freedom? didn't think so. We'll be at the corner of State and Adams in downtown Chicago this Saturday with a sign-up sheet taking orders. Mention you heard about SCPS on MindGap Podcast to get a free bag of bird food with your first pigeon. Sustainable Courier Pigeon Service. It's time to take back our freedom. This week's podcast is brought to you by Elephant and Castle, located at 185 North Wabash and 111 West Adams in Chicago, Illinois. Look, I know you've been looking for that perfect English pub experience so you can grab some incredible drinks and tasty food. You've told me about it. I know you're looking for it. Well, Elephant and Castle has you covered. They have excellent daily drink specials, happy hours, Monday through Friday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., and some delicious food for you to chew on while you watch some sports or talk to your friends or do whatever. So come down to Elephant and Castle at 185 North Wabash or 111 West Adams in Chicago and tell them that Mind Gap Podcast sent you. Hey, gang, what's going on? On this episode of Mind Gap Podcast, I start off by telling Doug about a theory one of our past guests shared with me regarding the United States and the fact that it's never really been invaded as an act of war. Doug then asks if I've seen the trailer for the new Sony movie Morbius, set in the Spider-Verse, and from that, the chatter in the Twitch stream sparks a lengthy conversation about if superhero movies, specifically Marvel movies, have helped kill Hollywood. Whew, it's a debate. With that, Counselor... Please prepare your opening statements, get your arguments in order, and strap in for episode 231 of Mind Gap Podcast! Don't say the thing! Mind Gap Podcast. Tree farts in here, and then the Peshmo gets turned up. What's going on? What's going on? Huh? What is this? You uh, the plan fuck's going on, on? You plan on chewing that gum the whole time? Huh? <laughs> what are we doing? Oh what are we doing over here? Oh my god! Huh? You like that? No, I don't. A couple, two, three times. I don't. <laughs> huh? Nope. What are we doing? Nope. Here we go. Oh, dude, my stomach huh? is a little bit on fire here. Can you please, uh, just for my sake, just not fart? While <laughs> during I the- mean, no promises. <laughs> god damn it! I mean. I literally was just like five drops in there, and my tummy's like, woof, woof. I mean, you, it tasted good. Why did you do good. it to yourself? I was, I was like, I will take a little bit of heat. It wasn't th- that much. I'm such a white person. I'm just like, oh, it's a little hot. <clears throat> there we go. There's this wonderful clip of like TV, uh, 
news bloopers. It was like 35 minutes. I watched it a couple years ago, and one of the segments was this like older white man anchor who's like losing his mind. They ate something spicy. He's like, ah! it's so hot. And there's this uh, woman from Ethiopia, his, his, his co- co-anchor, and she's just sitting there like, it's not that hot. He's like, what's wrong with you? She goes, I was raised in Ethiopia. And he was like so mad at her that she was not phased by it she wasn't phased by it? And she's just staring at him. He's like, ah! what a What a truly uh, terrible thing to do. Oh, it was so funny. I loved it. Because uh, I feel like that's – Natalie's kind of like that right now. Like she just doesn't like pepper. I'm like – I go, I always just say, stop being so white. I was like, be whiter, Natalie. Come on. <laughs> Fix this. I was like, it's pepper. I'm not saying let's put some hot sauce on there. I'm just, she's like, it's spicy. I'm like, no, it's not. It's out. I was like, it's flavored. Get it out of here. Sometimes she'll see something that's been cooked, like it has like some uh, cooked flex on it or yeah. something like that. And she'll be like, is it spicy? I'm like, no, it's just the way it was cooked. Jeez. I love, I remember, distinctly remember that that point where I was, I would see something. Well, you're still in that point. Oh, yeah. Where you would see something. <laughs> Absolutely. You would see There's something. onions in here. What is that? What is that flake? Is that a fucking onion? Get that out of here. I don't want this. Um, I distinctly remember that where you would see something on the, uh, you know, it was like a, a char mark or you would see like a piece of oregano and you're like, oh God, this is, this is like fancy. What is this? What is this? I don't trust it. I'm starting to realize my parents' frustration with me and my food like growing up because my parents would just be like, God, he won't eat anything. I have a frustration. I realize your parents' frustration yeah, with you and food. I know. But the only thing I, I'm thankful At for... At 36, I realized that. Hey, I'm thankful because at school, Natalie gets exposed to a lot of different stuff all the time, which I'm like, great. And good. she seems to be doing a good job with that stuff. Good. I just probably don't reinforce it at home, you know? I try to, like, you know, broaden her horizons a little bit. She's really good at vegetables and fruits, so I'm very happy with That's that. That's fantastic. She loves that they stuff. Have, Daddy, I tried onions today. Cut to next day. Doug makes a call and pulls Natalie out of school. It's cut to you're not going, just scrubbing her teeth. You're not going back to that school. <laughs> I was like, good. You eat them so I don't have to. Bunch of fucking heathens at that school. <laughs> I'm, I love how much she loves fruit. She, really? Time. Like, it, it, whenever I go to the grocery store, I get one or two pieces of fruit like just for her. See, that's awesome. I yeah. lo- like, is, is there – and she's willing to try kind of whatever fruit-wise? She kind of goes through phases. She really likes cantaloupe. She likes watermelon. She likes pineapple. She likes raspberries. She likes blackberries. Okay. She likes pears. Nice. Apples, oranges. Like, she does. It's a fucking great lineup, man. She loves corn, uh, peas, carrots, uh, green beans. Like, she's she's pretty good with, with uh, vegetables for the most part. It's a great like, lineup. I try yeah. to, like, we have some, like, steamable vegetables. I'm like, here you go. Dad's not eating it, but here you go. Right. Like, just for you. Oh, Dad already did his time. Although, I do, you know, I just, I have, like, zucchini and, and mushrooms, and she, she's not down for that. But I'm like, Dad is. Right. Black olives. I go, you know, go to town on those. Does so. she not do the black olives on her fingies? No. She, I don't oh. think she's. We haven't tried that yet. So. Oh, you should, dude. That's how I got into olives. Yeah. Little, uh, <laughs> little olive fingers. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, we visited Jill's dad recently. That and, and Bugles. He, oh, bugles were great. For, my fingers are too big now, but maybe on my <laughs> pinky. Um, he had a he had like five jars of green olives instead of being normal pits of whatever it is. Tell me, a whole clove of garlic. There it is. I was like, 
Uh, no, no, thank you. What? He's like, he's like, you don't want that? I'm like, no, it's just sitting there pickled. With oh, yeah, A dude. big old thing of garlic. I'm like, nah. He gave me one. He took the garlic out. He goes, here you go. I took it. I was like, oh, my God. It was so strong. So I was like, ha! Have, <laughs> have you had green olive? Is that the first time you've seen green olive stuffed with something other than a pimento? Yeah. So, like, I love green olive stuffed with jalapeno. Okay. Green olive stuffed with blue cheese. Okay, I'd go for that. Or I think I've seen, maybe I've seen cheddar in there before, like a white cheddar or something. Um, there was something else that I've had it stuffed with that was, it, I love stuffed olives. So good. See, I, I eat, I, I'll eat far too many of them. I like garlic, but I don't like it raw like that. Yeah. I, I prefer it cooked down or something like that because it's too oniony, if that's the case. Who's talking? The garlic <laughs> is too oniony? Because it's an onion, basically. I don't think that's accurate. It's from an onion family, more or less. It comes from the ground. You, uh, look at look at a piece of garlic and look at an onion. Tell me they're not at least cousins. Okay, Doug. Look at a cat. And look at a dog. They both have tails and four legs. Okay, that's not even true. <laughs> that's not even true. Pull that up. Dogs do not have tails. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, Jared says, "Yay, Mind Blast podcast." <laughs> yeah, we're well, welcome to Mind Blast. Yeah, this is uh, this is Chris Felucci's favorite podcast called Mind Blast Podcast. Yeah, so Chris Felucci reached out to Jared Urbis because he was gonna. He's uh, in Australia. He's in Australia, and he wanted to look Jared he's up. In Perth. While he was there, and he said, "Hey, Jared, uh, this I know you're a fan of Mind Blast Podcast." And uh, it's like, Vellucci, you've been on here like, what, three or four times? FYI, Vellucci is effectively banned from Mind Blast podcast moving forward. Yeah, Mind Blast will cease to exist. <laughs> yep, <laughs> for Vellucci, as far as Vellucci is concerned. Yeah. And uh, a dull moment says, dog, dog, dog. Dog, dog, dog. Uh, yeah, man, we're excited to be here. It's been a, it's been a week. It's been a week. You know? That is an accurate statement. I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. Is that accurate? We recorded... Last when, Tuesday. Mon- was it Tuesday? Yeah, it was last Tuesday. It feels like it's been like two weeks. It's, it's been one day over a week. It feels like it's been two weeks. <laughs> I feel like so much has happened in such a short amount of time. It probably has. I mean, dealing with dumb dickery all over the place. Dumb, dumb dickery. <laughs> Hickory dickery doc. Go fuck yourself. Hey, all day. Who yeah. needs the time? Who needs the time? Yeah, it's like hickory dickery doc. The mouse ran up your clock. Clock stuck 12 and then AIDS. So Wayne Parham was talking to me today. Wayne, what's up? I haven't heard from Wayne in a while, huh? What's he up to? Um, he's uh, he's taking German class. Mm. He's singing still. Yeah, he's a great singer. He's uh, 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 writing the music for a new play that his theater company's putting on. Uh, he's the musical the director Tuda, for this play. Tudor Theater? Tudor Theater. Yeah. Um, Doug's favorite theater in the... Also, uh, something Doug's representing right now. Maybe. Um, and The Red uh, Tudor Theater. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the, the Red Mist. Right, yeah. Brought to you by Halal Guys. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and still working, uh, you know, 9 to 5. But um, he came by today, and he was talking with me. And I can't remember exactly how we got around to it. Oh, I, was at, I brought up to him the concept of what you and I talked about a few episodes back of... Um, with uh, gender fluidity kind of becoming more mm-hmm. more and more prevalent uh, as far as like um, being accepted and talking point and like just just be- becoming more uh, readily accessible in our like lexicon, I said around the world we might be seeing a shift in uh, male and female mm-hmm. uh, um, like nouns pronouns, and stuff and, yeah. and pronouns and language. Um, and he was like, oh, that is an interesting thought. He goes, you know, it would, it would take generations probably. He goes, but it's, it's definitely an interesting thought. He goes, the, the thing is, like, with the U.S. 
um, with, with other cultures, it's they've got thousands of years of it being ingrained, whereas the U.S. is like the U.S. is like the teenager mm-hmm. of everything. And then that led him to say, he goes, you know, around the world, the conversation about that is far less prevalent than it is in the U.S. itself. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, basically, he said the U.S. the U.S. thinks of itself as kind of like the for the leader of a lot of stuff. And he's like, most of the rest of the world is in a completely different place than the U.S. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he's like, of what's being talked about, what's being thought. And then he brought up this. And I was like, I'm one. I was like, I'm going to say this. I just want to see what Doug, I'm going I'm to drop it. it and I'm going to step back and just see what Doug thinks about it. He said, one of the biggest problems with the U.S.'s ability to function responsibly in the world is because we've never been invaded. My response to that would be, Watched Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenet, coming out 2020, and then Wayne and I can discuss that. <laughs> I was, that like, I was legitimately thinks. thinking back to the trailer. I'm like, does this, does, <laughs> do we get invaded in that movie? Wayne hates Christopher yes, Nolan. That's, so. yeah. But tell him. I, now I get it, yeah. He can come back after we watch that and we can talk about it. Um, so he's saying that because we've never been invaded. Basically, he's like, he goes, if you look at most of Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Europe proper. He goes, they've destroyed themselves 27 times over. Mm -hmm. He goes, that's why Europe is more inclined and adept to peace and peace talks than the U.S. ever is. The U.S. is war first, everything else second. And that, you know, Europe is surrounded by many different countries. So they're they're essentially like the United States over there. Right. I'm sure people be like, fuck you. I'm like, okay, a collection of... Conceptually, yes. A collection of countries that are basically under a If each one of our states were, yeah, right. An individual country, which it kind of is, but... um, So I would say... He's saying because because when people get invaded, he goes, it actually makes the... And again, this is Wayne talking. This is not me. I'm only half giving what remembering what he's like. I'm sure he had an entire argument behind it. But he said something to the effect of when a country gets invaded, it makes them better. He goes because they learn more Mm. about themselves, learn more about like he was basically uh, America is operating completely uh, untouched, unscathed, uh, no outside influences coming into it. It's it is the teenager going, I don't need to listen to you to the rest of the world. I mean, I I definitely think there's some. I think it's an extreme statement. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's it's kind of like the the thing of like how can you or uh, I don't it was from Fight Club where Tyler Durden goes I don't trust a guy who's never been in a fight, you know? Sure, because, yeah. Because how can a guy really know who he is unless he's been in a fight? And so to a certain extent, there like I get it. I mean, you look at most of those countries: World War One, World War Two. I mean, go back be up even further right. in the. Uh, Middle Ages and stuff like that. Really, like, no war has been brought to American soil outside of. I mean, and someone. So I brought this up to a couple of people, and they're like, "Pearl Harbor." I'm like, "That was an attack, not an invasion." Mm-hmm. So we like no one yeah. really stormed our country, and yeah. like fighting didn't occupy us. Occupy, or, right? Yeah. Um, and then someone said, uh, "They said uh, civil war." I was like, "Well, that was internal." Mm-hmm. They said revolutionary war. I was like, "That was really still us separating." Then someone brought up the War of 1812, where the British came in. Basically, it's a big, like, we're going to piss on you. They burned down the Capitol. They, like, they took, they did take the war to us. I don't know much about the War of 1812, but that's the only... And that right there is, I'm like, okay, what happened in the War of 1812? No I one don't know. No. No one knows. Because we're terrible. As Americans, we're terrible well, at history. Like that. that was so long ago, and I would argue, like, some people are like, it's not that long ago. I'm like, it was 200 years ago. Yeah. And, and if you look at the... The math checks out. Thank you. Um... If you look at like the time that has like what has eclipsed and that the year twelve hundred to year fourteen hundred is 
I'm trying to conceptually say this. Less time passed in that time than the 1812 to 2012. So much more has happened technologically and everything like that that we've been able to exceed a lot of those sorts of things so that the the chance of invasion, I guess you could say, diminished significantly after that. Once the U.S. was established and everything like that, it would be incredibly difficult to take over the U.S. because of how large it is and everything like that. And also it's got to the point where land and expansionism and stuff like that took a different different thing now like to own land and to occupy stuff still exists obviously like russia annex crimea and stuff like that to get oil and things like that but the idea of like oh this is our land this is our empire the empire is digital now right like the, the, the whole landscape has changed so well, I what's would... interesting to me is to think of the concept of like it, even in more recent times vietnam mm-hmm. uh, korean war uh World War One, World War Two, uh, you know, any of the smaller skirmishes, we, like it's all the the Iraq War, Gulf War, like all of that has been has been overseas taken to other countries. Mm-hmm. Is it, <clears throat> it? It's obviously it's possible to to invade another country. It's been done many times yeah. in recent history. I'm, it's interesting to me that America has never been occupied or invaded. Um, now, now, for the record, I also don't necessarily think that the best thing for us is. To be invaded, I say that I say that with a ha ha, yeah. because I think I think part of what this is too is just that America is so is so young, and yeah. part of our culture is built off of War. we're just assholes. Like I mean, <laughs> we really are just kind of born like, out of revolution, right? So, I mean, so but anyway, um, I, w- I would also say that it wouldn't really be advantageous to anyone to physically occupy absolutely the not. land. There's 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 not the the, the cost is not worth the. the the, the the reward for that yeah. at all. There's no point for someone to invade and and hold it. In my opinion, in my I'm very to figure out how that would even work. Well, that's the thing is also, you know, I've talked about Warhammer 40k in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's this group called the Orcs, and how essentially the only thing they're good for is fighting. And sure. if they don't have anything to fight, they fight each other. Sure. Um, if you want to unite the Orcs, invade America because we're basically the Orcs, and if you give us a singular thing to fight, it's on. Like you want to unite. <laughs> We'll country. tear each other apart. You want to unite the country? Fucking invade us. See what happens. What? Every asshole in the world with the guns, we will unite and be like, fuck these guys. And it's on. It right. is on like Donkey Kong. And, uh, yeah. That's it's the same concept of when you say, like, uh, alien invading yeah. Earth. Like the watch end of Watchmen. Na- watch every yeah. nation come together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's – it doesn't – I'm sure someone has a very poor, sophisticated way, sophisticated way of describing that. But in my mind – it, it, there's no good way to if you if you do that, um, it's only going to be problematic. And what are you going to get out of it? Like a part of the territory, all the territory. Like it's it, there's no real reason to do it. Just like it wouldn't make sense for us to invade North Korea or in, like invading doesn't make sense anymore. Excuse me. I agree. You are just on the struggle bus today. I'm not. This halal guy. It's it's coming out. That was the start. Oh boy, halal guys mixed with Diet Dr Pepper. This episode. And Bloody Farts brought to you Diet Dr. Pepper and Halal Guys. Also Rody. I had that for lunch. So like double Mediterranean, baby. Like Woo-woo! So anyway, just an interesting interesting yeah. thought by a very controversial voice who was That should have been the minute. <laughs> right. I, 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 you know what? That should have been. I That's, apologize. But I, I appreciate that. That was, that was very cool. Yeah. Uh, to kind of uh, think about things that would be, that are tough, hard to imagine, and probably unsuccessful uh, Sony released a new trailer for a movie called Morbius uh, in the uh, Spider-Man universe. In this, the, the Jack Spider-Man universe? The Jack Spider-Man. 
and uh, it stars Jared Leto uh, and some other folks. And I gotta say, it was to me a very disappointing trailer. Not that I had any expectations, but it was it was bad. The only thing I know about Morbius <clears throat> is from the '90s yep. Spider-Man cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, thought it was an alright character in there. Didn't see him that much in that. Um, I love how it says from the studio that brought you Spider-Man. Homecoming and Spider-Man: Far From let's, Home, and I let's went. Start there. Let's start there. Ooh. I immediately go. I, I immediately hard out loud, disagree. I out loud said, "Nuh-uh, <laughs> nuh-uh." Nope. False. False.com. No, 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 You didn't. No, 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 no. Right. That's a technicality, motherfucker. You, you guys co-financed it. Marvel produced it. So let's get our facts straight, motherfucker. Like, how dare you? How dare you? You shared that. Right. You shared that, sir. You do not get to try to tout that to sell tickets to the shit show. I thought this was something we shared. And I'm not not like that, <laughs> motherfucker. And I don't want to be like the negative Nancy guy, but I'm just I, I look at this as like Jared Leto will never do a comic book movie ever again. No, I don't I uh, quite frankly I'm shocked to not hundred percent sure why he thought this would be different. That's Sony no less, man. Sony is just That's what I'm saying. Like oh. with Sony and the Spider Man, like he's in the he's in the industry. He's gotta know what's going on. He's got to have seen these movies or, or heard people. If he doesn't watch them, he's got to heard, hear people go, hey, man, um, probably not a good idea to do this after Joker, after your turn as Joker. No. I, I just... <sighs> Remember how pissed off you got at your last movie? It's not going to turn out good. Well, here's the thing is it will probably make money because Sony finds a way to make money. Venom was very financially successful. Life uh, finds Life a way. Finds a way. Um, and part of it is just people want Venom so bad, but I don't think people want Morbius that bad. And, uh, you know. No, you, know what, you know what this is? This is Sony flexing and trying to do the same thing that Marvel did with Guardians of the Galaxy. They're like, we can pull a relatively remotely unknown thing uh, out of the property that we have and we, we can make it. I thought Morbius was a bad guy. Oh, well, they're making it's same as Venom. They're making him an antihero. Oh, man. Ugh. He's a like reluctant Bruce. hero. You know what this feels like? This feels like the late 90s, the early 2000s again. Kind of superhero movies. They're just sort of like, 100%. hey, you know this character, right? 100%. And now I say that knowing that we've also, a lot of places have failed miserably trying to do the shared universe stuff. Right. I was watching Endgame again yesterday because Natalie wasn't feeling well. And we got home. I was like, here, let's get you some fruit. And I'm like, let's watch something. You want to watch Endgame? She goes, yeah, let's watch Avengers Endgame. I'm like, fuck yes. Let's do this. Nice. I'm just watching it, and I still get goosebumps. I get goosebumps at the opening with Hawkeye. And I get fucking goosebumps when the goddamn portal scene happens. And Jill sent me this little video of apparently people were watching it in the theater opening weekend. And the, the entire audience was losing their fucking mind. And it just it made me laugh and gave me goosebumps. Right. Like when uh, Captain America gets the, the hammer, the crowd's going like, yeah! And then he's doing shit. And when the portal comes out, people are like, yes! Yeah! And I just And when he there, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. assemble. Yeah. And, and people are like, woo! As they're all charging. Like, I, I just, I look at that and I'm like, this is such an accomplishment. I don't know if we'll ever see something like this again. 11 years pulling off a string of successes. Quite frankly, I don't think I would caution. I look, I, and this is coming from a reliable source. So Marvel, you can take this to the bank. I would caution Marvel from trying to do this again. Oh yeah. I really think, really think they caught lightning in a bottle. I couldn't agree more. I don't think. I'm not saying don't do a shared universe, but like this level of thing, 
I just don't like they. It was it was pulled. It was executed flawlessly, and take that as a win. Move on. I think they can do okay with what they're going to do, but there's, sure. you're never going to capture this again. No. Just just like, and I'm so thankful that I got to see all of these in the theater. I got to experience this over 11 years right. and getting to watch it all unfold. <clears throat> I'm just looking at Natalie. I'm like, God, you're never really going to fully appreciate this. She'll have her version of that in, of course. in something. I mean, and it's like when she gets older, I can't wait to go through every single one sure. and watch them one after another. And we'll just like, we'll have a blast and she'll be able to see it all unfold and see how it connects. Because I remember watching Star Wars relentlessly growing up and not knowing much about it. I just enjoyed it. And right. then all of a sudden I was like, oh, oh, whoa, this is actually, Empire Strikes Back is fucking good. And the one movie that Natalie doesn't like to watch that I really want to watch again is Infinity War. Okay. Because she doesn't like that one because Thanos beats the shit out of everybody. <laughs> but I look at Smart that, girl. I was like, that's such a great film <clears throat> because it sets up Endgame so perfectly. Mm-hmm. We were in such a devastated emotional state. We're like, oh, <gasps> In that opening sequence with Hawkeye and his family. Especially just, those who didn't know there was going to be a sequel. Hey. Exactly. Yeah. The, the people dusting away. It's carried over. Just You see the fact that they were able to take it to that point of, like, we're at a point of devastation. How are we going to turn it back around? Right. And we did it in the most heroic way possible. And I'm like, woo! It's just so good. <laughs> so, that being said, I, I, I'm so spoiled by that that then when I see something like Morbius, it's not that I don't want to give it a chance I just feel like it's doomed from the start. I think it's trying. How can you, how can you compete? Right, right. And, I, and they're not saying they're directly competing with them, but how can you put out a comic book movie nowadays? To my mind, it's like, it literally, it's Disney World versus any other theme park. Like, how do you compete with that? You have to find your own unique way to do it. Right. The new Mutants movie looks like shit, but I appreciate what they were trying to do is they're going to do, we're going to do a horror movie in the comic book universe. Spawn, hopefully, is going to come out at some point. Same thing. Horror, genre, superhero universe. I know that originally they're going to do that with the next Doctor Strange movie, too. It was going to be this sort of, um, you know, very horror-centric sort of thing. So finding unique ways or... I mean, look at all the different comic books that are out there. I mean, you've got things like The Boys. Uh, uh-huh. You've got all these other really wonderful titles. I mean, Lock and Key is coming out soon. Um, you know, unique ways of sort of approaching this stuff and finding a way to do it that is not the Disney way. Don't follow what Disney does. Right. I, I agree. High I, risk, high <clears throat> reward, but don't bother. Don't do it. Right. I uh, – oh, should I have something to say with that? I talk too much. I'm sorry. No. High risk, high reward. Don't do it. Don't do it. Find your own way. Oh, even stand Like, make a standalone. Mm-hmm. Make a single one-off. You don't even have to do, like, we're going to do horror. Like, just make, um, like, Joker. Yeah. Now, fuck. Well, of course we're getting a sequel. But, you know, like. I don't think we need a sequel. A ma- but it's happening, unfortunately. It's already, been, it's already been greenlit. But that being said, imagine if that just stood by itself. Mm-hmm. Would have been fantastic. Then move on. Like well, that would have been that would have been something to, you you've invented you you told it told this story from a new angle great put it to bed it's, move on it's a great <clears throat> single movie it really is I felt that way about the Matrix when I first saw it I was like this is a perfect way to end it leave it open ended and whatever you just imagine and when I heard they were right. doing more I'm like why what more do we need to do yeah it's like we don't need to tell the story anymore like it's fine and then a movie like Avatar you didn't even need the first one <sighs> right just let that be a concept in someone's head oh my god as they're taking a shower dude. Just let it happen. There's, it's so funny that that's coming out so much later. 
now. And right. it's like, here's a concept art. They're like, it looks like the same thing, but on a beach. <laughs> Did you hear what James Cameron said? No. He's, he's like, I'm confident Avatar 2 will take back first place. Okay. He's okay. confident. Okay. I was like, oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. So, uh, Cameron's Drew, gun. Cameron's hubris in his old age oh, it's is, amazing. is very interesting. Right. Drew, uh, Drew laid something down. And uh, the was last, it some pipe? Boom! The last thing, <laughs> the last thing he said was, "That's all I'll say about that because I'm saying this in the wrong form." So I'll read back what he what he laid down. But he immediately was like, "And I'm done." And I said, "No, I love this. I, we're going to jump into it." That's because, not a conversation because I want to. <laughs> that's well, a that's a statement. <laughs> well, he made a statement because he hasn't had that. We're the other side of the conversation. So he said, "Marvel will be the destruction of Hollywood. They have killed the movies." No one goes to see the mid-budget movie anymore because of them. Now, try to be objective as we talk about this, because okay, I know the you. first thing you go, well, it's like, Drew, get no. the fuck off the street. <laughs> the first thing I heard right. was, wah, wah. No, he's right. No, he's, he's absolutely right, because we've come to expect the <clears throat> amazing blockbuster right. experience. Well, actually, Drew, if you want, you can blame Spielberg for that and Jaws. I mean, really, that's what started all of this. So Ooh. we'll go back to that. Oh, my God. Um, but Hammer's been throwing down. Uh, Mule's hammer. Mjolnir has <laughs> been thrown down. Um, by the way, uh, there's this new book that uh, my old boss got me a book uh, called Thor's Stories mm-hmm. that she got from Iceland and gave to me. Oh, awesome. It's now working its way into Natalie's nighttime stories. That's and it's cool, three man. three chapters. Yeah. Three stories of Thor, and Natalie fucking loves it. That's cool, man. I love it so much. And when I'm not there, she will read it, read it to Jill, and she gets a lot of the story right, and it makes Hell me so yeah, happy. yeah, dude. That's so fun. I love it. Anyway, so I, love it. Um, I, I, I think that um, – I don't know. I don't think there's – there's room for them to coexist. You know what I mean? I know studios are looking for that big return. Um, they want to have, they want to spend a hundred, a hundred and sixty, two hundred million dollars on a movie to get the billion dollar movie return. Mm-hmm. Like I get that, but there are movies out there that are still very successful. But I think maybe I guess his point being is that they're not willing to take a chance on it because the reward isn't worth it. Right? Name like again. Name the last. You know, Name ten movies this year that were made for less than thirty million or fifty million dollars yeah. that were that like had like an impact. It's well, just like that that mid level movie that you used to get a ton of that were not bad movies. Mm-hmm. Sure, they were dated because they were from the time that yeah. they, the nineties or the early two that, but they weren't bad movies. Like they were still good movies, and I don't disagree. I'll say this: I I don't think Marvel. I don't think Marvel killed these. I, I don't think Marvel killed the movies. But Marvel helped drive the stake in. Well, I think the movies that this was already this this groundwork was was beginning to be laid with like Independence Day, like Will Smith when when Will Smith was doing all the blockbuster, the the Fourth of July man they used to call it, like it always used to drop at the Fourth of July. I think the groundwork was being laid there. I think Marvel just kind of helped drive the stake in. That's that's my that's my take on it. Well, also, I'd argue there are so many other avenues for these stories to be told now that... That's the other thing. Things like Netflix, HBO, Hulu, all those places, like, a lot of that content, there's plenty of places for that to exist now and do very well. I would almost argue, too, that streaming had a hand in that, too, because mm-hmm. people, don't, period, just don't go to the movies anymore. Yeah. Like, it's very hard to get people to go out to the movies unless you make something... Because who wants to spend? Fi- I'm already paying for Netflix and Hulu and HBO and mm-hmm. you know Cinemax and whatever you know. Um, for, they're looking for. I get my porn. They're looking for. 
they're looking for an experience at the movie theater nowadays. And to me, I mean, honestly, what do I go to see? I go to see those big movies because that's what I, that's, that's what I, I associate with movies now, with cinema. I think <laughs> Scorsese would differ with you. But That's cool. Um, I'm a nobody. I can say what I want. No, I think I, I do. I do think that just the Hollywood in general has changed. And I, I do. I think I mean, part of it is definitely this blockbuster trend. I, I 100% agree. But I think a lot of it has to do, too, with the fact that people just don't want to spend. It's gotten so fuck. If you don't go to the matinee, it's fucking expensive. As sh- like mm-hmm. Bob went to the movies uh, a couple days ago. Or, I don't know, a couple months ago, whatever. Recently, and someone else bought the, the tickets. I mean, this person's very into, like, like sound. and like, the, like He's, he's uh, nerdy in that sense, where he's just like, oh, you need the optimal, like, 7.1 mm-hmm. Dolby and this and that. So Bob's like, oh, how much do I have for the ticket? And he's like, 21 bucks. And he goes, what? My ticket by itself, just for me. He's like, how many tickets am I buying for twenty one dollars? Like, mm-hmm. that's an insane amount of money. Yeah, you know, you go and you're you're going to spend thirteen to fifteen dollars per ticket, and then popcorn's another sixteen bucks, and now you're already dropping thirty to forty bucks for uh, mm-hmm. you know a plus if you're if you and someone else are going out to to the movie. It, it's it's really hard to go see movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but you know there is uh, there's good news, and the good news here that Drew is probably going to appreciate too Bef- is before you transition. <laughs> How do you know I'm transitioning? Before you transition, um, do you think it'll ever come back around to to? Because I think everything I I think everything personally is is uh, secular. Se- okay. Secular, 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 secular is religious. <laughs> circular, secular, secular. Time is a flat circle. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> all right, all right. You um, know time. I, I don't you think uh, you know to quote Joker from The Dark Knight. You've changed things. There's no going back. I, I honestly think things come full circle, though. I do think that at some point we will get either we're either going to get it back or we've already gotten it back. In 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 the sense that, to your point, like th- those movies exist elsewhere now. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think we're going to come full circle because we have avenues that exist that didn't before. So that content, I think, Eventually is just. Those are gonna, I, I honestly think they're fucking they're fucking themselves with how many are like. They're fractioning that industry is is fractioning themselves off so much that they're fucking themselves. But that's a yeah. Whole I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that turns itself yeah. around. Um, but I think there's just so many other ways to consume content now um, that it's almost more beneficial to have a release on Netflix or something like that than try to go the the typical studio movie theater route. You may get more views mm-hmm. than you would. In other places, I mean, look at, what was it? There was some, uh, what was it, uh, a couple of years ago, a movie called, I think it was Roma or whatever. It was yeah, mostly last released, year. released on Netflix, and everyone got their panties in a bunch because they're like, well, I mean, it was barely released in theaters, and Oscars should be, oh, go fuck yourself. Because for me, it's like, well, who viewed it? Like, shouldn't something that, that's where I look at Oscars, I'm like, shouldn't we start looking at other things to be consumed as... I mean, you've well, got year, Oscar. Look at, look at a Marriage Story. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, that one is is burning up right yeah. now, and it is you know it's a contender for uh, for Best Picture, and it and it, you look you know, at shows like Watchmen, right? And things that are just critically like, I mean, loved. They're darlings, and they're not necessarily. I mean, I guess you could say that it's like, well, it's for an Emmy, but I'm like, <clears throat> I mean, where do you draw the line anymore? All those lines are blurred in my mind as far as like what's considered what. And, and I'm curious. Uh, and personally, I also like the fact that, because almost to, to Drew's point too, is some of these lesser-known films 
can find life on streaming surface surface service because they can reach more communities that normally wouldn't be able to be able they, the theater wouldn't show them. I think um, there was one about uh, what's called Montgomery. I think it was about Alabama and racism and stuff like that. The movie theater in that city of Montgomery, Alabama, did not play the film. They they didn't bring it in. They didn't play it. But it was available on Netflix, so other communities who normally would not have access to, to a movie like this got to see it. Same thing with Roma. It was a sort of a, a, a very low-budget film. Uh, I think it was also maybe a foreign language or something like that. It had such a, a nice you know, ability to get traction where otherwise it would be dead in a movie theater. So, I mean, it's just different now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Marvel killed it. I just say to another extent too, maybe this is a cop out. That's what the audience wants, man. People love it. I mean, people want to go and see these, these fucking, you know, extravagant stories, these over the top things. They want to go see the circus. And I don't know if those medium budget films can bring in that level of excitement. You know what I mean? I disagree with that. Okay. I, I vehemently disagree with that because that's saying that uh, medium budget film, that's saying that the, you're sacrificing, yes, uh, Infinity War had a, had a story. Was it a groundbreaking story? No. No. Was, was, uh, was Jojo Rabbit a more innovative story? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and so it's, I, I disagree that you need a big blockbuster to draw people in and to tell a good like oh like this is what people want I, I don't think that's necessarily people do like the big it's mindless entertainment I think there I, I do think that we are suffering a little bit from some of the more um, uh, not thought provoking but some of the more nuanced storytelling mm-hmm. I, I definitely think people still hunger for that yeah well I'm not I'm also not saying that's the only thing that's going to be successful but I'm saying there's obviously a market there Sure. And again, I think this might be a little bit of a cop out, but uh, Marvel is feeding that market. You know what I mean? Like people, there's a demand for it and they're like, cool. A lot of people like to show up and and kind of this stuff. And I'm just saying not to say that Jojo Rabbit is not an interesting film, but I don't think you're gonna get the draw to that that you're going to get to things like a Marvel movie. And I just I to 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 look at the, the market. If you have the money, what would you rather invest in? Again, purely business, the gross part of it. Which one would you rather invest in if you had the money? Something like a Marvel movie that is currently eating stuff up because you're doing a good job and you could possibly make three, four, maybe five times the return on your investment versus something like a Jojo Rabbit where you might make double, you know, yeah. maybe. I mean, again, high risk, high reward sort of situation. Um, I see why they're doing what they're doing, but but you know, and also to give Marvel credit, they've created good quality films all the way through, and you know, there's there's a bit of them capitalizing on some stuff, but they make good movies. They're good. They make safe movies. I would say no. That that, you, that is you're going to lose this every day. They make safe movie. A Marvel movie is a safe movie. They don't take any risks. You know, at the end of the day, the hero's going to win. There's no. There's no. You don't have to think when you're in it. I wouldn't say it's a safe... I'd say Star Wars is safe, if you want to talk about safe. Marvel movies. is equally safe as Star Wars. Well, I mean, I would say... I mean, take a look at something like... No one died! Okay. No, can, I, to- can I finish? Tony died. Can I finish? Sorry. Like, take a look at a movie like uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, right? Mm-hmm. They took their entire universe and they turned it on its head. It turns out that Hydra was alive the whole time and they were inside S.H.I.E.L.D. and all of a sudden, everything we knew about that world was challenged. And things like Infinity War, right? Villain wins at the end of it. Yeah, there's another adaptation of it. But the idea that 
Is it, does it follow a formula? Sure. Most stories do. Right. But I would say that they at least are taking their characters and pushing them and putting them in positions where it's entertaining, it's engaging, it's exciting. Um, yes, the hero wins. Yes, you're, I give you that one. But I would say for what the content is, they do a good job of pushing it, especially based on what's come before it. They've, they've taken uh, an entire, they've created an entire universe. Um, and I would say they could have played it really safe and really boring right after Avengers. But they kept going. They kept pushing things. They kept, um, you know, with things. Now, granted, they also have great source material to pull from. You know, but things like Civil War. I mean, you had situation where you had characters that, you know, Tony and, and, uh, and Steve Rogers stopped being friends, essentially, <clears throat> because of that. And because of that fraction... Thanos was able to win. Like, I look at those sorts of things, and when you piece it all together, yeah, they're fun movies. Yeah, they're mindless. But I wouldn't call them safe, necessarily. I would say they take chances, and they push themselves. Thor Ragnarok was a fun one, tonally. Guardians of the Galaxy, same thing. They take some creative risks with a lot of that stuff. But is it in a sense of, like, I don't know, Reservoir Dogs or a Tarantino movie? No. But in, 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 if you're doing an apples-to-apples apples comparison, Fast and the Furious versus a Marvel movie... What's the safer option? Fast and the Furious. So have you seen gonna, The Rock punch a torpedo? I have not. Is this what I've been missing? Doug. Is this what I've been missing? Come to my place. Okay. We'll, we'll watch Rampage. <laughs> we'll watch Skyscraper. Oh, no. You come to my place. I own Rampage. Oh, that's true. Thanks, we don't even have to <laughs> I hear what you're saying, I, I and I agree with you to a point. I still, I still say Marvel... Everything's said and done. Marvel doesn't take risks because the thing is, if they take a risk, then they go against the other thing that you're arguing for is that they're guaranteed to make a mint when they turn it around. If you take a risk, you might not you taking a risk means you might lose money. Marvel's not going to do that. Disney's not going to do that. Wait, so if you take a risk, there's a chance you're going to lose money because there's a chance you're going to piss people off. They may have thrown some curveballs into their story here and there, but like. It, these like the superhero movies are extraordinarily formulaic. Mm-hmm. You know how it's going to end at the end of like at the grand scheme end of the day. You know how mm-hmm. it's going to end. Sure, there's going to be some people who betray other people. You know, Tony's going to uh, oh they they're fighting like it's it's all setting something up for a larger story. But it's not none of it is like again like the movie Parasite, which is up right now and mm-hmm. it's getting just fucking hot like. That's a story which is it's weird. It took chances. It's 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 just an odd. It's not mm-hmm. a story you typically see. Mm-hmm. Like so, like that's a kind of movie that takes. Jojo yeah. Rabbit took a risk mm-hmm. when they. It has Hitler in when, it. <laughs> when, when Hitler is the imaginary friend, you know yeah, what I right? mean? Like I just I, and there's not again. I I'm not saying this. Good song. Um, um, not one of my favorites. I. Uh, I, I I feel like maybe you're thinking that I'm I'm. It's not a personal attack. I'm not saying no. that. Like I think I, you and I, I are like, saying the same I thing. I like actually. Marvel, but they just they. I disagree that they take risks. They they. I think they play it safe because they want to make that two billion dollars. I think we're saying the same thing actually because in the realm in which Marvel is playing, as far as like genre goes, yeah, I think they take more risks than the average movie in that genre. Have you I seen don't think- Venom? They took a risk. In- <laughs> Man, I tell you what, though, <laughs> fucking uh, what's his face diving in that tank, going after the lobsters. I mean, that guy. No one told him that was a bad movie, but he was going for it. What? I forget the lead actor's name for some reason. I can't remember. <laughs> what movie are we talking? Venom. About? Have you not seen Venom? I have. Who? Dude, he jumps into the fucking lobster tank at the the restaurant. 
Yeah, I'd say that I watched it on a plane. There you go. So it's a totally different experience. I don't. I they t- cut out a couple scenes. Of it CG was hard notes. to watch. It's very hard yeah. to watch on a but, plane. On a plane. But the point is that, like, I don't think it's fair to compare Jojo Rabbit to Marvel. I think those Why are, not? They're movies. <laughs> you're right. You're right. No, no. I'm saying like cats and dogs. Same thing. I get it. They both you're, have tails. They both have tails and four legs. I get it. We've been over I, this. I just don't. I don't think it's the same thing because they are two very different genres and. There obviously something like a Marvel movie is going to be more formulaic. It plays to that sort of thing, and also, I mean, if you look at all the Marvel movies, they are one connected string of a story, sure, told over eleven years. I don't think that's the same thing to compare that to Jojo Rabbit. I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison. But we also talk about the fact that you have to, like, these movies have to be able to also stand on their own to mm-hmm. be a good. Because if not, then individually as movies, then they fall apart and they're terrible. True. Like if if you have to lump them together, then it takes away every other argument about these individually being good movies. Well, I, th- I think they are also individually good, but also the cool thing about them is that they're all connected. I will say that I will 100% agree that they Marvel innovated a a they they. they the risk that Marvel took was doing an 11-year run of sequels, mm-hmm. like and and right on top of each other. That never been done before. It will never be done as successfully again ever. Mm-hmm. And I will 100% give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. That that in and of itself, that was a risk. The individual stories, I think, are to me, are very safe. Well, I'd also say it's it was risky pulling out some of these characters. The Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. Agree. Huge risk. Doctor Strange, huge risk. Ant-Man, huge <laughs> risk. Like all of these things were I think they were all risky and just trying to adapt it. I mean, fucking Thor. God, he's I mean, Iron Man to start with. I mean, th- that that whole franchise was loaded with risk from start to finish. I mean, if Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Captain America, if any one of those would have failed, right. they probably wouldn't have kept going. The house would have fallen down. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, again, I don't think it's fair to compare a Marvel movie to something like Jojo Rabbit or Parasite. They are two vastly, vastly different things. It's like comparing golf to football. I think that's probably a pretty good comparison. <laughs> I'm into it. Um, you know, it's in a sense where it's like, well, I mean, they're both kind of athletic. <laughs> So, so let me. (laughs) That is that. You know what, guys? This has been mind gap. That was the best (laughs) argument of the entire fucking. (laughs) I want to catch up real quick on because actually Drew and Jared did both jump in and have been having their own side chat about this. So before we transition, um, Jared says the problem in Australia is we get them six to twelve months after the U.S. So a lot of people pirate films. That's really rough. So Drew says, okay, I think we can all agree that the Marvel superhero bubble will eventually bust, Mm -hmm. which means that these companies are going to take a huge hit. That's why they're all going towards streaming. Disney, uh, and Jared says, except Marvel gives us the movies at the same time because we can see them. Oh, so Jared's saying in Australia, most movies come six to 12 months. Marvel does everything at the same time, so they're fresh. Drew says, Disney won't die. Obviously, they're going to take a hit. It's the same thing that happened in the 30s and 40s when Disney was the first to do full-length animated features. Once everyone else caught up, they started tanking. Disney's big leg up is their gigantic library. Uh, Thank you, Justin. It's a factory. Uh, They can guarantee they're making money with each film. Marvel takes zero risks. And then Jared goes, Marvel's last risk was Age of Ultron. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's funny. Uh, it's a corporation. Uh, Robert Iger, the CEO, took a took home a salary of sixty million last year when their employees make really shitty wages. Sixty. I think you mean six hundred million. Like <laughs> that guy makes an assload of money. And then Drew said, "Nope, what? Nope." Which was probably in regards to something we said, but because the stream is yeah. delayed, I don't know what that was in regards to. Yeah. Although I probably agree. Probably. Uh, Ant Man would have been a risk if they kept Edgar Wright. And then, Drew, let's just start our own podcast shitting on Disney and Marvel. We'll call it Mind Blast. <laughs> <laughs> way to bring it back the, around. That is the perfect way to wrap That's, this segment uh, up. And lights. And lights. <laughs> yes, let's pull lights and thank you. Um, yeah, no, oh I mean, God. it's, it's again, the, 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 I agree with a lot of that. I mean, Disney will never die. I mean, right. financially, it's impossible for them to die. It's just not possible. Um, and That sounds um, like a challenge to me. I mean, whatever. Um, challenge uh, extended, Disney. Die. I always give Disney credit. I mean, they find ways. I mean, there there's a dirtiness about them. Uh, finds a way. And we do it that way. Oof. But um, it's they they <laughs> are gross in a way that business-wise, they find a, pl- a way to plant a seed, and then they just let it grow and right. grow and grow. And, and Drew's absolutely right. They are... Banking on intellectual property. That's what they're doing. I mean, Jesus, I don't know if you guys have seen the new uh, spoiler of the ride at, at Disney World, the uh, Rise of the Resistance freaking ride they have there. It's fucking bonkers. Uh, I think we posted it on our social media recently. It's like a four Oh, that minute, I totally saw it. Yeah, sure. Uh, four minute, uh, it shows you the ride, and it's absolutely unbelievable. Like, it's so incredible what you get with what they built in that ride. And I'm like, that's what they're spending. That's that's where that's what they want to do. They want to have these properties. They want to have these things available. The, Disney's a nostalgia factory, is what it is. They are, and they will 100% do it again with Marvel. Whenever they decide to reboot all the stuff again, they will have all the rights to it, and they will just again they'll pump that stuff out. So when we're like 50 or 60, and the new Captain America comes back out, and the new Iron Man, like they're going to do it again. They absolutely will. That's the part of it where I'm like, you guys are gross. But, again, I think we can probably just agree to disagree that um, I think Marvel's taken way more chances than I think um, they get credit for in a sense of financially, obviously, what they did. And then, you know, again, you know, all of the unique characters that they brought forward. I mean, how in the world did you get people to like Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange outperformed things like Batman. And things like that. Like he, I mean, how do you get people to like Guardians of the Galaxy? I'm not arguing that they took a, like conceptually took a risk. Mm-hmm. Like again, like bringing these characters forward. Yes, that was a risk. Mm-hmm. I'm 100 percent in agreement on that. The entire phase one through mm-hmm. three, four. Uh, do they technically do? I, don't even I guess know. three. I used to know that stuff like the back of my hand. <laughs> kind of lost track. But I don't know. Yeah. Drew, I'm sorry. Again, no. You're going to have to give context to what you're saying these things, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to agree with you. I just don't know. Yeah. There's no chances taken. Okay, got it. Okay. So said, okay. Um, but Good, good feedback. I, Thank you. <laughs> no! They took risks on a, on, a, on, a, on a... I agree that on a grander scale, they took risks. Like, like conceptually, bringing Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy was a massive risk, because mm-hmm. who the fuck has heard of them? Mm-hmm. Except... Hardcore comic book nerds. Yeah, I'm saying in the actual movie that itself, the 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 story of the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a lot of risk taken in that. Mm-hmm. That's that's what, that's where I'm distinguishing. What would have that's been a risk in your mind? Like what would have constituted a risk? Like we'll take Guardians of the Galaxy. What story wise do you think would have been like? Ooh, that was really risky. Kill off Quill. Kill off Quill. Right, right. Like <laughs> in the first five minutes. <laughs> Kill off Quill. And then let's see, let's see you make a movie now, let's fuck. Let's see you do it now, assholes! Is that not what we're talking about? 
Okay, here's, here's okay, the thing. All right. Wait, let me try okay. again. Let no, me no, try no, no. again. Drax is actually Space Hitler. There we go. Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> right. Go. Go. I like to think that's how Feige does it. He just goes, hey, guys, in this one, Drax is Space uh, Right. See what happens. See what happens. Let's see what we get from there. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe maybe legitimately killing off one of your main characters, mm-hmm. like in the first movie, and, and having to deal with that the rest of the time. Um, I, I I don't know. I I don't have. In fairness, I don't have a good example of what I think a, a, a good risk would have been. So yeah. I'll 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 cop to that. I don't I don't have that example mm-hmm. uh, off the top of my head. Well, if you think of one, let me know. And I'm will. not I'm not saying that to be shitty. Yeah, I yeah. guess I'm just trying to understand. No, I know. Yeah, and I open this up to maybe Drew and Jared as well. Too. Of like know. what what would constitute something that would be taking a creative risk in that universe? Because again, I don't. You know, I, it's a fair. Qu- it's a very fair I just, question. I just don't know. Um, you know, I think story wise, they did a pretty good job with it as far as like you know, overarching things that happened and everything like that. So. I was incredibly entertained. Oh yeah. Again, I want to make it abundantly clear that I'm not saying I don't like. I think a couple billion dollars shows that a lot of people I, were entertained. I so loved, 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 loved yeah. these movies, and I will still love them. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And uh, again, before all the fanboys jump into whatever you know, posting on our social. Yeah. I love these movies. Mm-hmm. I'm not shitting on them. Yeah, and just just to, again to beat the dead horse here, um, I I think in the blockbuster universe, Marvel stands above and beyond as far as like creative risk taking. And to me, it seemed less about cashing in. Sony seems like they're cashing in, one hundred percent, and doing a bad job. DC of it. too for all for every yeah. for I mean, if you really want to boil it down, I mean, Fox did a pretty bad job of it too. Yeah. Like so, I look at those and I was like, those are lazy. Movies yeah. that um, lack a lot of creativity and things like that. So when I look at that landscape of stuff that's out there, and then I look at Marvel again, if you're doing an apples to apples comparison, I'm like, I feel like Marvel takes a lot more risks and does a lot more um, to move their story. Again, they told a story over 11 years. I mean, culminating and that beautiful portal scene moment where I'm like, "Fuck, everybody's here! They're coming out of the portals." I- I had Howard this- the Duck was in that, and it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy shit! I, like, I've only, I still only ever seen that movie once. Oh god! I need to go back. I need to get back on oh, that. That's so good. I and know. I just, I look at that. I was like, you know what? You know what, Drew? You're right. But you can't take away that scene from me. You can't. You can't take <laughs> away that moment. You can't take away the feeling I have when I watch Hawkeye. Realize that his his family has faded away, and he has that moment. Of, of a guy who goes back into his assassin mode where he's like, something's wrong. And he Renner, turns into Ronan. Uh. He's just immediately, he's like, babe. And he's looking around, you just see his serious face. He's like, something's wrong. I'm like, oh my God. You just see the man snap. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just everything, that, the way he feels when he gets a chance to see his family again, right. just for a brief second. And he comes, like, the fact that, you know, he has to let Natasha die. And he comes, like, there's so much in that where I'm like, this movie pays off. Unlike Rise of the Skywalker. That's <laughs> <laughs> now, if we Drew, want to talk, your a- name takes my portals. <laughs> Never. Um, did did uh, real quick? I don't know if I ever asked you this in the moment before we uh, before we before we pivot. <laughs> poor, poor Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Brother. <laughs> did you? Would you have rather had Hawkeye die, or do you think Natasha was the one, the right choice to die? Well, the thing that sucks that, for me... That scene, I was so back and forth. I'm like, 
oh, he's going to die, but kind of good. And then, oh, she's going to die, but that makes sense. Oh, he's going to die. Like, I, I definitely went back and forth in that scene. For a second, I was like, what's going to happen? I'm like, oh, that's right. He's got a TV show. He's going to be okay. And that's what sucks about following that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. He's going to be all right. But the, the more I watched it, the more I realized that really Natasha didn't have much going for herself. And really that was her sacrifice. Her life was miserable and she had nothing to live for. And you could say the same thing for Hawkeye. Um, but, you know, even if they did it, everything, if they got everything right, Natasha still wouldn't have much other than what she did for a living. Whereas right. Hawkeye had a family, so right. he had a future. So I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I do yeah. appreciate that, you know, and how she is and everything like that. There's just so much more, like, the more I watch it, I'm like, there's actually a lot of payoff. Because also, we watched Age of Ultron, which I definitely think is one of the weaker movies. 100%. Um, but there's a huge payoff. Like, they, they did such a good job. Or Tony's like, you know, at the beginning of that, of Endgame, and he's like, I talked about a suit of armor around the world. Regardless of people's freedoms, but right. you didn't want it. And what'd you say? You said we'd lose together. It was like, no, we lost. You know, it's like he pulls back all this stuff. And even the part where, you know, Tony fights Thanos in Infinity War, and you realize this is a culmination of psychology that's been working against Tony since Avengers, where he went into that portal and Thanos has been fucking in his head. He didn't know who he was, but this guy is the embodiment of everything that's been messing with him having anxiety attacks and panic attacks and stuff like that and he fights him and he loses and then he does it again in Endgame he's tackling him you realize that's got to be really hard for him to do that because A the second time you know he really remembered Thanos beat the shit out of him right and he's old and he's old and he has a lot on the line so like there's just a lot of little things that I think paid off and uh, it's very special to me so again I don't take that shit personally it is what it is either like it or you don't but wrong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so real quick, I want to I want to talk about our minute this week, which is going to be uh, from yours truly. Uh, I just recently rewatched the John Carpenter's The Thing. So if we're talking about medium to low budget films, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a 1982 remake of a 50s movie, and it is it still holds up, man. I bought it. And I haven't watched it for a while. Thing is a ter- it's a terrifying movie. It is a wonderful horror film. It really is. And it's one of the few horror films that I, that I like. Oh, Because I'm not a horror person. Same. But that one, I'm just like, ah, fuck it. I think it's because it's more thriller. What do you... Okay, so you think it's more thriller. What about it? What about that element? The thr- you, what about that? What, what makes it... What, what about being a thriller makes it more interesting to you? <clears throat> I think it's because it's more of a psychological thriller. Fucking yeah, it is. And I like Silence of the Lambs. For, that was one of the first horror movies I ever got into. And if you want to call it horror movie. But that, to me, was still more of a psychological thriller than a horror movie, per se. Even though Beth would vehemently disagree with me. She's like, that is a terrifying, scary horror She's movie. Like, you see a man's right. mangina. Right. So. <laughs> That's gross. Um, <laughs> That's gross. That's gross. Um, no, I think... Uh, Oh, Drew says he thinks it's great because of the landscape. Oh, oh, dude. Just yeah. desolate. Isolated. You're, you're out nowhere. Fucking cold. And that's part of the terrifying. But I yes. like. I think I like anything that's more psychological. I The older I get, the harder I'm, I'm actually realizing, the harder time I have with watching just straight torture, gore. Yeah. Like, I don't like watching someone slowly get their head cut off. I have a really... Even though I know it's fake, I have a really hard time with it. Yeah. I don't know why. I emotionally well, have a hard time It's gore for the sake of gore. But emotionally, it yeah. hits me in a very weird emotional place. This is very just like it just it 
activates all the all your brain going okay so it passed from him who wait no he's acting funny who's is it maybe him oh he's going off on his own like you don't like you just you're constantly guessing yeah and i uh, love that for those of you who've never not seen it uh first of all get on it uh right. second of all essentially it takes place um in antarctica it's this research station and uh these uh, bunch of dudes are up there studying some stuff and they get a visit from a dog and uh, a bunch of Norwegian guys are uh, chasing this dog in a helicopter trying to kill it. And they are shouting at the uh, Americans as they approach with a gun. So the Americans don't know what to do. They don't speak Norwegian. So they kill that guy. They let the dog in. It as good out, Americans do. As good Americans do. Stand my ground. You're and, not going to uh, invade our laboratory. <laughs> and turns out that the dog is actually an alien. And not only that, an alien that can perfectly replicate other things as it consumes them. So what I love most about the film is it's a story about paranoia. Oh yeah, yeah, what it is one hundred percent through and through yep. is what does paranoia do to people? And I think that's what I appreciate so much about it is watching people unravel. Yeah, given the isolation and the landscape, they can't go anywhere because it's fucking cold. They're there for an extended period of time, and then something happens, and you don't know who to trust. Mm-hmm. You get to see it's almost like something from The Dark Knight, where the Joker's like, "I'll show you." What happens to people when they're allowed to do what they're going to do? And that's what happens is you don't know who to trust. Mm-hmm. You, you know. And what I love about it, too, is even John Carpenter and the cinematographer and stuff like that, people ask, because there's a, there's a shot early on the film where the dog goes and infects somebody. But you don't see, you just see their silhouette. Mm-hmm. And you don't know who it is. And I asked John Carpenter, who was it? Who was Patient Zero? He goes, I don't know. He goes, that's oh, not so the, he isn't he goes, even. It's not what the movie's about. It goes, the movie's about paranoia in that you just don't know <clears throat> at any point in time Kinda who's like who. Yeah. And the final, I'm going to spoiler it, spoiler it, uh, the final scene of the movie is also one of my favorites. Yes. Because, uh, you know, the whole thing is that the, this creature can imitate people. It consumes them and it's a perfect imitation you would never know. Um, the only way you know is just like every single cell of their body will try to consume and replicate something else. And at the end of the movie, uh, the lovely Kurt Russell uh, and uh, oh shit, what's the other guy's name? David um, Attenborough. No, uh, Lee Roth. No, um, crap. He's got an amazing voice. He's awesome. But essentially, there's two guys left. They've destroyed Keith the phys- David. Keith David. Um, Keith David's character, Childs, has like ran off at one point in time. And usually, if someone's by themselves, you just don't know what's going on. Do they get you know whatever? And the the facility's burning. It's it's nighttime. It's going to be a hundred below. Kurt Russell's essentially wounded, and Childs is, he's sitting there, and they're basically both looking at each other. They didn't, these two characters don't like each other either, right. and they're looking at each other, and they're like trying to decide, is the other person assimilated? Infect, right. Are they infected? And they, you just don't know, and they kind of share a drink, and then it just like ends, and you just don't know. And people have asked John Carpenter, who? Right. And, what? and he just goes, I don't know. Was it, yeah, did they die? Was it poison? Did they shoot each other? Like they, he he goes, they want to know how it ended and who was infected. And, yeah. and there's amazing, like, fan theories. Oh, yeah. On, and, and I guess the cinematographer threw in a clue. Oh, did he? There. I actually didn't know I'm that. I'm not going to say it. I won't spoil that for Ooh. you. But there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a telltale thing he did as a cinematographer. It's very, very subtle to tell whether or not someone is assimilated or not. And oh, it's, I fucking I got to go back and watch it again I'll tell now. You off mic. Okay, good. I ruin everything else, but for some reason I won't ruin that. Um, but there's also a great fan theory at the end as as to why people think um, Kurt Russell's character is still good, but Childs has been assimilated. Okay, it's very very interesting. But I just re I rewatched that movie recently, and I was like, fucking a, this is a great 
great movie. And for the time that was made, the practical effects, some of them are still a little wonky, but god damn, like the body horror and stuff in it, the spe- like the, the, the special effects are fantastic. It's, it's pretty gross and terrifying at the same time. And I think what, what psychologically the part of that is just the idea of paranoia, not knowing who to trust. Right. And these guys make some questionable decisions in the film where I'm mm-hmm. like, just fucking stay together. Like, right. you know, like you stay here and guard the place. I'm <clears> like, why don't you all go together? Like, right. why, why are you splitting up? Like, oh, three of us are going, but you stay here by yourself. Why? Go two and two, man. Like, Time out, man. Uh, can I just, that's a terrible idea. I was like, let's yeah, not do that. Because at that point they know none of them are assimilated. So I was like, you all should just go together. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I, I love, I love the idea of exploring those different things, especially human nature. And the idea of what people will most likely do mm-hmm. for the sake of survival and what that can mean to relationships and what people they don't act rationally and um, and what that will you know make people do I think it's fascinating to me and that movie does a good job I love movies that use something like this as a fantastic vehicle to explore yeah those different parts of human nature mm-hmm. and I just I'm like oh what a cool way like that's why I like so much about District Nine. It wasn't too subtle, but it's like, hey, this is kind of about racism. Mm -hmm. 100%, yeah. (laughs) But it's like, you know, amazing to see in that movie. You know, people are, you know, just so vehemently like, oh, the aliens, they got to go. I'm like, weren't you guys just like hating on each other not that long ago? They're like, get the fucking bugs out of here. It's like, what? But using that fantastic way to talk about all these sorts of things. Harry Potter to a certain extent, too, about, you know, obviously racism, bloodlines, things like that. Like, I'm always interested. More so, like with stuff like this, so we're like, "Fucking a." So what you're saying you you're interested when there's nuance in a script 100%. and when there's risks taken to yeah. tell the story of nuance. What do you know? I am a person of many, many likes. <laughs> what do you know? I'm not one. I just, I'm not one note. High five! Yay! High five! Yay! High five! Same thing like X Machina. I'm sure if Drew were here, he would be giving you a high five right now. I doubt it. Not based off of what he's been. No. <laughs> Ex Machina is another good one too, right? That was a movie. actually I never saw that movie. Really? I was I was high on my list when it came out, and it still is. You got two Star Wars characters in there, you know, General right. General Hux and uh, you know Oscar Isaac who right. plays. It's a trap, po- right? That guy. Po- no, that's yep. not. Yeah, yeah. Ad- Admiral yeah. Akbar. Admiral Akbar is like, yep. don't go in there. Right. It's she's, a we- she's not real. It's so weird that they cast a puppet. <laughs> I'm Ex Machina. <laughs> that is not how this, ca- sir. Get out of here. Nope. No, that's not how this works at all. Uh, but we we'll yeah. let him on set. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, I think uh, the, was it the movie? Not to go back to it, but was it a sixteen? Is that the movie theater or the movie? A twenty four. A twenty four. Yeah, close. There's numbers. Well, you know, that's a. I feel like that's a wonderful. Whenever they put it's out a, a film, whenever they do, I'm like, ooh, what is this? Oh, because her, it's going to be interesting. That's absolutely. Drew and I have had this conversation where, like, if a twenty four is attached, we're like, oh, I'll give it a look. I was like, I will absolutely watch yeah. the trailer. They've show got me a more. great track record. They great do a wonderful record, job yeah. of telling a cool story, and I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. And again, low budget. Uh, wonderful acted, like, yeah. creative storytelling. Like, absolutely love it, one hundred percent. Agreed. What do you know? We agreed. We got there. Um, there's an interesting uh, thing that's happened in the chat. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, there's been suggestions. Suggestions thrown out. Okay. Suggestions for <laughs> throwdown. Hey, just so you guys know, we have a poll feature on our Twitch page. <laughs> I think moving forward. Well, we might do it. Actually, maybe we'll do it now. I don't know. Can I find that here? I don't know. Can you? On the activity feed? Fucking idiot. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I was like, because that would be fun in the that future. Is to, <laughs> to use <laughs> <laughs> my feelings. 
<laughs> I did say that extremely aggressively. I apologize. Aww. So like, oh. Uh, but to essentially, uh, maybe we can throw the suggestions up there and you guys can vote and see who's what. Maybe we do it and now, we, maybe we don't. And we will figure out... Uh, Edit your act. Uh, well, we'll figure out how to monitor this at some point, guys. So you do that. Do that thing. Um, do that thing you do. Well, uh, first and foremost, uh, Drew had a throwdown suggestion earlier in the day. Um, the, the thing is, it was already played out in a conversation we had. So I said, I should give Doug this throwdown, play okay. it out. So there's no discussion or argument. And then just sit there in silence until Doug ends the show. There you go. But it was uh, Justin versus Drew. What? Justin versus Drew was the throwdown. All right, let me put it on the poll. Um, this, I, I, I could, it, it's not going to be funny for me to tell you how it plays out, but can you do two polls? Yeah. Okay. So that's the first poll. And the other, the actual fan throwdown that we got in the, in the Twitch chat right now is, and I, this is, it's a conceptual one. Oh, great. It's not, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Jared wants to see Drew versus the entire MCU. <laughs> And I have my I have my arguments. I have my arguments for who would win. Okay. Well, we've got the polls up there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hop on in and uh, go to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Scroll on down. Uh, you should see our Twitch picks. Uh, you should be able to see it there. And go ahead and uh, cast your vote. Um, Jared said, can we vote for our favorite host? I want to make Mummy and Daddy fight. <laughs> I'm assuming Mummy is Mommy. Uh, I call dibs on Mummy. Ah, fine. All right. I'll get the toilet paper. We'll wrap them up. Yeah. So I'm going to say, uh, let's go with Drew versus the entire MCU. And 100% Drew wins. And here's why. Okay. He's real. He's got chutzpah. <laughs> He's real. He's got chutzpah, Doug. So are we imagining a portal sequence where all the MCU comes yep. out and it's just Drew I think, standing on the other side? So Drew, no, no. Drew is. <laughs> Drew just goes, literally goes, I'm not going to play. And he just walks away. And they're like, oh, shit. We lost. <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> he goes. He goes to his office, closes the door, turns on Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> and then just starts typing away at emails. And he just sits there and does. By the way, I heard that song at the eye doctor the other day. Kelly Clarkson's whatever. Nobody song. or whatever. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, stronger. Yeah. And I immediately just went time traveled back to that right back that there. vine we made where we were at the the office and that was just playing and you were doing this very lethargically while drinking your your coffee and I was just. Moving myself back and forth, and Drew does. Do we have a video of that? It's a vine we made. One, of the, one of the handful we made. I love it so much. I was much. like, I immediately uh, time traveled. I was like, oh, I remember this song. That was one of the best work environments of, uh, save for a few things that happened there uh, exactly. of my life. Um, so, I think yeah, uh, Drew's sitting. He's writing. He's typing at his computer. He's he's conceptualizing a story. He's writing it, and all of a sudden he just hears behind him, and these portals start opening up. And he turns around, and he's standing there. For some reason, he's got a pen in hand, and he's standing there as if it's his weapon. And everyone from the MCU uh, comes into his apartment, mm -hmm. in the living room area of his apartment. It's very crowded. Mm -hmm. And he's got home turf advantage, <laughs> and he's got, he's got his stick-to-itiveness. Mm -hmm. He is not backing down. Drew's got moxie. Drew's stubborn is what you're saying, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> he's got chutzpah. <laughs> Who <laughs> will not be told otherwise? <laughs> um, I would just say Drew's, <laughs> Drew also chimes in and says, "Yes, I always win." I just say that Drew is pure lack. His pure his his, his superpower is apathy because he's just like I don't care, whatever. And because he's so <laughs> apathetic, it will bum out 
the rest of the MCU. They're like, wait, why are we here? They're we thought, actually sad they don't get to fight. Well, they look at they're like, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, we were told this was the greatest evil in all of the cinematic universe, and he just doesn't even care. We it's wasted like, portals on this? They're like, I guess we can just go. Because Thor's like, I could just hit him, and he'll die. You know, but Willie Thor Ant-Man, will always wonder. And Man will be like, I could just get small, come up into his butt, and, and expand and explode him. You so know? I sent you the article of how that's not true, right? <laughs> someone, someone measured the tensile strength of the in, the, the 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 small inte- or whatever the interior of the. They don't uh, know what Thanos's tensile strength is. They were able to assume based off of it's that one dude with the really long hair. I know who you're talking who does about. like really who looks accurate. Like Thor. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and it's like shockingly accurate scientific yeah. shit with. Fake shit, yeah, right. He's like, With fake no, information, Sphincter would not allow that to happen. Oh no, this full on Ant Man would die. <laughs> it was like Ant Man stands no chance against uh, Thanos's wrecked him, to, damn near uh, killed him. To quote Jared here, uh, Drew is inevitable. So I mean, uh, I guess, I guess, I mean, I Drew's sheer, sheer his sheer apathy, w- will of apathy. It's just a sheer will of apathy. He's just like I don't. I imagine like it's a situation like Peter Pan where it's like clap. To bring Tinkerbell back, and Drew just doesn't because he's like, I don't believe in you. He's like, uh, he's like in the movie Hook where Robin Williams goes, I don't believe in fairies, and like Tinkerbell falls over. That's what he does. He's like, I don't believe in superheroes, and they all just sort of like put their heads down and walk back in their portals. And he's to bring me back to life. No, <laughs> and he's just, just he goes. He's like, refuses. where's Simon? And he just, like, starts petting Simon. Oh, my then, God. Like, Fucking Drew killing Tinkerbell might be the best thing that happened in this episode. Mm-hmm. I and love that And that line so out of quote context is my favorite thing ever. I think Drew killing Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <clears throat> I love that more than I can possibly yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, that's the really the only way I see that going down. Yeah. Drew's just on the couch being like, nah. Nah. I don't believe in you. And Everyone's people like, are like, ha! All right. He makes him have an existential crisis. <laughs> He makes the He's like, what do you mean? He goes, you are make-believe. Someone drew you decades ago, and then they put you on a film. You're basically like a pantheon of gods, and I don't believe in you. Go away! And they're like, okay. So you're saying Drew basically has like a last action hero moment mm-hmm. and wills them back into the cinema mm-hmm. and away from him. Exactly. That, so... Mm-hmm. Drew for the win. Also, Drew defeats God, apparently, and that's by that same logic. <laughs> I don't believe in you! God ceases to exist. Dro- God goes, oh. Shit. All right. All right, Drew for, Drew for the win. Back to the back to <laughs> spaghetti monster, back to the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a so, great episode. Drew for the win! <laughs> Sound like you said Drew for the win. Either way, I'm okay with it. Well, that. as long as God's banished back to the sky. <laughs> Yeah, we have fun, folks. It's, hey, uh, it's a chuckle factory over we here. We like we're, to have fun we're around, around We're kidding here. around. We're having fun. Yeah, that was good. That yeah. was good stuff. So, uh, so he <laughs> Did you see what he, he goes? So I can beat the entire MCU, but I can't beat Dr. That's Drew. That's goddamn right, because Dr. Drew was real, and he's, he's stacked, and, and he's, he's hung. And he's hung, <laughs> Drew. And also, it's not the MCU universe. That's like saying ATM machine. Yeah, right? God damn it, man. Read a fucking book. Speaking of books, yes, I have a recommendation for Let's this. Let's do week. it. What you got? Uh, Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Sounds guy's talented, thrilling. Also, uh, Breaking Bad <laughs> and Shit's Creek season six. Nice. Um, I I just started watching uh, The Outsider on HBO. Oh, I've uh, heard, I, someone just just mentioned that today to me. Uh, not only did the the 
trailer for it looked great, but I've heard great things about it. I am going against my better judgment. I'm watching it before it's done, but I'm like a few episodes behind because okay. I just like to I like to watch a complete story at my own pace. I don't like waiting a week at a sure. time. Whatever. You don't like that old methodology. I of, don't. Yeah. I really don't. So um, I started watching it today, and goddamn, I like it. It's got Ben Mendelsohn in it. It's got uh, that famous guy. He was in. Um, man, I can't remember shit right Keith now. Keith David. Nope, I wish it was. Like, oh, yeah, that guy. He was in Arrested Development, the main character in Arrested Development. Jason Bateman? There it is. Okay. I was like, Patrick Bateman. That's not it. That's American Psycho. Um, he's in it. Uh, there's a lot of... It, it's fascinating so far. It looks like a real thriller. Okay. So What um, can I? What made you going to go against your better... Not your better judgment, but like what you normally do and actually watch this before it's done? It's also a Stephen King, based on a Stephen King thing. Okay. And I, that don't, immediately pulled me in. I was like, okay. Okay, And I've enough. heard good reception to it. So I'm like, eh, fuck it. I'm like kind of in between books right now. Yeah. And I was looking for something. And I'm like, ah, maybe I'll just start watching this. I will say that I am... Uh, 20 minutes away from being done with the Irishman. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, actually, you're probably more about eight minutes away because the last 12 minutes is credits. Is there an after credit sequence? There is not. Okay, good. Well, Scorsese... How funny would that be if Scorsese... How amazing would that be? (laughs) He was just like... How amazing would that be? Yeah, but... Wink. He's just like, oh my God, that would be so funny if he did that. That would have been hysterical. All right, so I'm about 10 minutes away from the ending of the the movie. Um, What do you think so far? It's a movie. I'm going to tell you, um, whatever happens in the last ten minutes is not going to change how. Not going to change anything. Well, Hank said so. that he goes, if you're not invested, if you if you don't like it at this point, <laughs> you're you're, like you're, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't dislike it. I we can save this full discussion for when yeah. I finish this last eight minutes and and see Hoffa get whacked, yeah. um, or allude to Hoffa getting whacked, um, from what I understand. But uh, it's not. I, I'm 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 struggling to understand why it was up for why it's up for best picture. I'll say that. Can't wait to talk about that with yes. you. Because remember, there was that one scene that I just didn't understand. That was like, why is this? Why is this happening? Oh wait, is did this, you tell me what it was? I didn't. Okay, so I now to we, Sam about it. So now we need to go back and yeah, talk about that off mic. Exactly. But yes. So uh, full review of the Irishman. Uh, full debate of the Irishman coming up. Coming soon. Yes. To your we'll make ear. that the minute, maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that's going to be a minute, but we can try. Right. I mean, we'll, <laughs> we'll do put it. it on the list. <clears throat> this is the minute in air quotes. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Exactly. Called the episode 3232 right. or whatever. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, uh, as always, Twitch, you guys are great. Jared and Drew, thanks so much for contributing. You made this. In fact, if anything, Drew uh, really put us down the road on this. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to divert somewhere else, but we'll save that for another time. So. I'm very excited to get to it, by the way. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's so. actually something when we get to it, I want Drew to be on to 100%. hear that too. Because I think I know where Drew stands on it. Um, yes. But I appreciate it's always fun hearing from the folks on Twitch. So if you guys are interested in joining us while we record this live, uh, head over to twitch.tv slash podcast. We fucking love interacting with you guys. It's the absolute best and feel like it just actually makes this show so much better. So please. Um, and not only that, share us around, too, in the, in, the, in the Twitch realm. We'd love to get some more subscribers because at some point we might be able to get the old affiliate status. And who knows? We might be able to actually earn a few bucks on this, which would be pretty cool. So... Uh, if you guys could uh, help get some folks to just subscribe to us on here, uh, it'd be fantastic. We'd love it. Uh, also, check us out on our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Podcast. Also, check us out on YouTube. We post all of our episodes there, as well as some other fun content. So, as always, like us, share us, subscribe. Um, and honestly, if you have something you want to contribute, if you have some thoughts, you got a hot take on something, and you want to say, hey, 
I have this one thing that you can tell us in a minute or less your thoughts on something or you think we should talk about real quickly. Uh, shout it out to us on our social medias. Let us know. We'd love to include it in the show. Justin, you're somewhere digitally. Yeah, that's right. You can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Justin underscore Michael spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. While you're in the online realm, check us out on Apple Podcast on Stitcher on Spotify and on Google Podcast wherever you can consume the old podcasts and uh, like Doug said share us around uh, subscribe rate review all those good things and then 2east8th.com slash mindgap and then just keep an eye on all 2east8th stuff because uh, hopefully Drew and I have got some cool stuff coming up this year uh, for the record throw down Justin versus Drew same thing applies Drew wins his apathy makes you question your existence and you just walk away it's fair yeah yeah so I take it yeah you will take it <laughs> I think it's so hard. That's what Drew says. All right, gang. Or then Drew uh, goes, or not. I don't care. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. We look forward to seeing you next week. And you guys have just a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.